This is a Soulfire production. Welcome to my channel. I'm your host, Christina. I'm an intuitive channel, 7D healer, business mentor, and manifestation expert. On this podcast, we discuss how to tap into your intuitive gifts, manifest the life you want, create a kick-ass business in flow, and take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at ChristinaTheChannel and on my website, ChristinaTheChannel.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I am back in the U.S. after my eventful Tulum trip, 10 days in Tulum. It was illuminating, magical, expansive, ripped me open, intense. <laughs> it was so many things. I I just finished up going through all of my notes and journals from that trip and it took me a long time to really sort through it all but I'm really excited about all of the content I'm going to create and just sharing everything that came through and when I went through it again I was getting even more out of it and revisiting some messages for me personally I was checking over my intentions for going into the trip and I got what I was looking for so I see why I was called there so strongly and I am going to be posting a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of videos in the channel collective membership about a lot of what came through. So make sure you head over there to get lots of juicy downloads. I'm really excited to talk about what was coming through from some of the Atlantean energies and what was going on beneath the Mayan ruins and lots of healing information. So really excited to share all of that. A ton of that's going to be on YouTube. And I got a lot of really interesting guidance around my personal life, my business, and some shifts to make. So I'm still kind of sorting through all of that, wrapping my head around all of that, but I'm excited for more shifts coming to the podcast and other platforms. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of really cool stuff. So head over to YouTube if you haven't already, youtube.com slash Christina the channel and make sure you're caught up on all of my videos. I love, 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 love that platform. And for members of the channel collective, I have so much, so much coming your way, a ton of videos mapped out and a whole new section of the membership that I downloaded and mapped out and this is going to completely change your manifestation practice. So I'm really excited. More information will be coming to you shortly. But if you're not already in the membership, I cannot recommend joining the Channel Collective enough. Obviously, I'm biased, but I created that container specifically to raise your frequency and really enhance your manifestation practice. And it is like a whole resource library. You can go in there and find out pretty much whatever you need related to manifestation, intuition. Uh, there's so much around healing and wellness. And so many people tell me that they use it like a library and just search in there. And it is really meant to help you raise your frequency on, on every plane and a great place to ask questions. We have our Q&A calls and manifestation calls. And if you have questions that we don't get covered in the Q&A calls, I can make videos about those. There is Ascension School, which is an exclusive library of channeled messages from Ascended Masters and just so many activations in that container. So you can find out more about that and sign up if it calls to you. 
at christinathechannel.com slash membership. If you follow me on social media, you probably know how obsessed I am with Organifi. I drink Organifi pretty much all day long and it's hard for me to pick a favorite product, but if I had to, now that Harmony is back, I gotta say it's it's my favorite one. It tastes like the most delicious instant hot chocolate, but it's totally healthy and good for you and it has a ton of hormone balancing benefits. It is designed to support healthy hormonal balance and help with any PMS symptoms that you might struggle with, any fatigue, bloating, mood swings. It has super nourishing ingredients like cacao, maca, chasteberry, shatavari, ginger, and turmeric. So not only does it taste delicious, but it also helps to balance out your body and make you feel amazing at that time of month and really all month round. All I do is mix a scoop of it in with hot water and it tastes so delicious, so rich and chocolatey. You are not going to want to miss this. Some of my other favorite Organifi products that I drink every day are the green juice, which is amazing for supporting detoxification and giving you some natural energy in the morning. I like to have it early in the morning. It has so many incredible ingredients like moringa, ashwagandha, spirulina, chlorella to help balance out my cortisol levels, but give me that natural energy boost that I like in the morning and it tastes so minty delicious. I've never had anything like this. I like to mix it with mostly water and then add in some nut milk. You will not regret. And my other fave is red juice. Love to have that in the afternoon. It's like a healthy superfood berry punch that gives you a boost of energy naturally without any caffeine with a ton of amazing ingredients like beets, acai, cordyceps, and ginseng. It kind of blows my mind because these taste like they should have a lot of sugar in them, but they don't. They're not too sweet, but they do have a little natural sweetness. And most of their products have less than one gram of sugar per serving. And I do not like to compromise taste for quality. So Organifi is my go-to. If you haven't yet hopped on the Organifi train or you need to restock, then it's time to head on over to their site and check out all they have to offer. Head to Organifi.com CTC. That's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash ctc and my code ctc will get you 20 percent off again that's organifi.com slash ctc and that code ctc will get you 20 percent off your next order and now i will get back to my green juice sitting right next to me and i'll let you get back to the podcast in general what i will say is if you are really dedicated to raising your frequency which can help with physical healing obviously with man- manifestation the more you raise your frequency the more easily things will just flow your way clarity, alignment with purpose. If you are looking to raise your frequency, I would think about what are all of the things that you are consuming on a daily basis that are affecting your vibration. And what I mean consuming, that is the food you eat. That is the content you consume. That's the people you talk to. That is the air you breathe. That is the sense the sense you are taking in. I invite you to think about consumption on a larger level, which really leads me into what I want to talk about today, which is subliminal messaging, subconscious programming. This was a huge theme that kept coming up when I was in Tulum. The guides had a lot to say about this, and it's such an important concept for people to understand when we talk about creating our realities and really empowering ourselves. Understanding this is so important. And for me, understanding how my brain was programmed, first becoming aware of the programs, but understanding how that came to be rewiring my brain. I've talked about this so many times, but that was a crucial part in my awakening process and developing my intuitive gifts and healing my physical body changed my entire life. I became a completely different person and it 
it was such an empowering process. And I see so many people who are in such deep states of fear or sadness, or they feel like they can't take control of their lives. They feel like they are just stuck in their circumstances. And so if you are in that place in any area of your life, one of the most helpful things to understand is how our brains get programmed. And I'm going to try and explain this in a really easy to digest way. I have actually seen recently, it was funny, I was getting a bunch of stuff around this coming through intuitively. And then I was seeing some things popping up from from different people who I follow, who I really enjoy talking about a very similar topic and explaining it in in their ways, which I think is so amazing, beautiful, valuable. And so I thought I would kind of just explain this in my way. And my way of understanding this really came through my brain rewiring process. And I don't think I really got it until I started doing the rewiring. And over time, it's been a process of realizing, continued realization of, oh, whoa, there was a quote unquote program is kind of what I call it really, because that's what in the book I I channeled recently that hopefully will be coming out. By the end of the year, (laughs) I'm really excited. They talk a lot about diving into beliefs and they call them programs so that we can identify what is in alignment with the reality that I want and and what is not. Because so often we say we want certain things. We say we want to create certain things, make shifts in our lives, but we don't believe it's possible and belief is key. And also our beliefs are going to shift the way that we see the world. So if I see the world, in a certain way, based on my beliefs, I am going to perceive opportunities differently based on those beliefs. So I might either just not see the opportunity at all because I don't believe it's possible. I don't believe that I'm worthy of it. Or I might see the opportunity, but think that it's a trick or too good to be true or that I'll never make it. I might have some negative connotation with the opportunity versus the same set of circumstances could present to somebody else. But if they have instilled beliefs that they are more than worthy, that it's always going to work out, that there's nothing to worry about, that they're going to do great. They're probably going to take that opportunity and show up differently to it. So that's just one example. But what the process of rewiring the brain looks like is first identifying what are all of the limiting beliefs. And I know I've talked about this many times on the show, but this is so important, especially at this day and age. It's really interesting to me to see what's going on in the world and how people are responding. And you see so clearly where people's beliefs are showing up and how people can perceive things so differently. Like we, we can perceive things. I mean, it's wild, right? It's like the same quote unquote, the same set of circumstances occurs and people, people perceive it so differently. How is it that we can live in different realities all here on the same plane? I mean, there's so much I could go into with that. But what most people don't realize is that we are deeply programmed from the time we're born. And what I'll first say is just in exploring this topic, most people have so much resistance to it because they don't want to know. They don't want to know. But guess what? Knowing is how you take responsibility for yourself. And to me, if I actually want to shift my life, I need to know what the programs are that I'm running. And so over time, I've started to realize and seen how everything around me, I mean, the buildings that we live in, the standardization of anything, how is that programming us? What we learn in school, how they explain things in history to us. We're told that these things happened. They could just as easily not have even happened as they they could have, but 
we are literally programmed that this is the truth. We are programmed through the movies we watch and the TV shows we watch. I mean, I think about school for me, obviously my my educational experience was unique to me, but just as an example, I think about a lot of the videos we had to watch or things we had to recite. There are so many things I recited and I went to Catholic school also. So that was like another layer of things I was reciting that I had no idea what I was even saying. But when I think about a lot of these movies and films, they were so brainwashy. And I remember even thinking that I'm like, just like watching it and not even internalizing it and just feeling like the energy of it was so brainwashy. So those are all ways that we're conditioned. We're conditioned by what we see as normal around us. And that's going to be dependent on, on where you were when you're growing up, right? Your personal set of circumstances and situation. What was normal for my family might have been totally abnormal for your family and vice versa. And we tend to think that whatever we're around and whatever the people around us say to be true, that's what everybody else thinks is true. And that's what we take on as truth. But that's how our brains make sense of the world. We're growing up and we are paying attention to what we see around us. And we are taught different things in different ways. We're taught by our parents, other authority figures around us, what we see in media, what our friends say. We are taught through experiences and how people respond. This is why a lot of people think that toxic relationships are totally normal because that's what they were around growing up. So they might not even know what a healthy relationship even looks like until you go to therapy and it becomes real clear. (laughs) It all becomes real clear in therapy. No, but really, right? So it's it's interesting. I mean, think about health, right? What people think is healthy is based on what they've learned. It's a very simple concept, but we have to understand how these things get so deeply ingrained and the things that we think are so simple run so deep. With health information, for example, there are people on all sides of the fence <laughs> who are like diehard about this is the healthiest way to eat. This is the this is the best nutrition plan. And there are all these people who have different opinions who are all looking at sometimes the same research, but viewing it differently. Sometimes different research, right? They're they're picking the research that supports their view. But how is it that people can have such different views and so deeply believe that their their view is the truth? And they say it's all based on objective science. I think about, you know, being so deeply ingrained in the health space for so long and, and being around a lot of people who also were, who also were, uh, most of my friends coming through nutrition school and things like that. And then spending time with people who I hadn't in a while and, and realizing, whoa, we're on like such different pages. I remember I remember talking to somebody who was very adamant that vegetable oil is the healthiest oil. And she learned this in all these places. And this is what she learned in school. And vegetable oil is from vegetables. And I was just like, I mean, I couldn't even engage in the conversation. But why did she believe that so deeply? That wasn't even something she was ever questioning. She just was assuming vegetable oil is is the only way to go. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's like the worst thing for you, right? But these are just simple examples of programs. There's also the program of allegiance, which what's really interesting is you think about like in America, the Pledge of Allegiance and that type of programming and how 
this is what was interesting. So intuitively something that my guys were talking about a lot is how it's interesting that we're really instilled with the value of loyalty to country over a loyalty to our own health. And that's just interesting to explore because why this is all coming up right now is people are waking up from the programs. I mean, people have literally been in a form of hypnosis. And what's interesting about traditional hypnosis is if you ever ask somebody to do something that's outside of their their morals, like morally, they will not like they'll snap out of hypnosis. If you've ever seen street hypnosis or remember like fairs growing up, they're always hypnotists. There's different types of hypnosis and hypnosis has so many incredible therapeutic benefits as well. I'm a huge fan of hypnotherapy, but just as that simple example, I remember like grad night as a senior in high school and there was a hypnotist and everybody would, that was like 10 to 15 people who would volunteer. And part of me really wanted to volunteer because I wanted to see if it would work on me. But the other part of me didn't because I was worried, like, what if they have me do something I didn't want to do? And I didn't understand, like, if it was outside of what I wanted to do or I believed was was right or moral, I would wake up from it. Think about things that, quote unquote, wake people up and people are being woken up on a mass scale right now. And so it's really interesting to to see it from that lens of waking up from hypnosis. This is so relevant right now in terms of our health and all of the conversations going on right now. And the, the thing is, it's so important, I think, for everybody to look from all angles and really tune into what resonates for you and to do that responsibly. But the thing is that a lot of people are only researching from their angle, from a very biased angle, and they think they have all of the information. And then this is where there is confusion. People do more research on the new phone they're going to get, on the new car they're going to buy, on the latest updates in Bachelor Nation than they do on their own health. And why is that? Why are people so out of touch with that? There is so much programming that makes us not explore our health. There's so much information out there. And why is it that so many people don't have access to it? Well, think about how much is hidden and you have to actively search for it. I mean, a really simple example is if you use Google versus DuckDuckGo, I highly recommend always using DuckDuckGo. Google hides like everything. And I think about, for me, I always think about this, whenever I'm looking things up that are more natural health alternatives, I have to be very specific in my search. And I always think, wow, it's so sad because if I didn't already have a prior knowledge of a lot of this, I would never know what to even search or how to find it. But I also wouldn't even know to search for it in the first place because of all of the programs. Think about commercials, right? Like literally commercials when we watch television. Our, our phones and the advertisements, these are all sending us signals. And with health in particular, there's so much that's, that is slipped into our awareness. There's so much subliminal messaging. And this is where a lot of the programming happens, right? So some of it might be more conscious, but most of it is not. And so we have to think about what are all of the words in our environment? What are we picking up on? What's the music in the background? This was something I loved learning about in college when I was a major and I took a lot of classes on subliminal messaging and also did a lot of experiments around this. We had to participate in 
a certain number of research experiments just as like a requirement. You know, they they do psychology studies at school and they need participants. So it's just part of the requirement. But I really enjoyed doing them and I learned so much about subliminal messaging and how much it was affecting me as well. And it kind of pissed me off at the time because I realized there was so much that I was picking up on that I wasn't even aware of. And I would go in there thinking I'm going to outsmart this psychology experiment. And depending on the one, sometimes I did. But I remember there are quite a few that were really around subliminal messaging where I would I would pick a certain response and like later they revealed to you, oh, we showed you this word or this was this song was playing or uh even things even things with different colors so you think that you're barely seeing it but your brain is picking up on it like there's a hidden rose in the corner and then later on that came up as an answer and so you click it it's so subtle but our brains are picking up on way more than we give them credit for and so often we we think about what am I focusing on? And that's important to think about, of course. But then also, what am I just around that I might not be consciously focusing on, but that I'm picking up? And this is not meant to you know, put you in a fear state. It's just to be aware of what's in my environment. And something really simple that's so powerful is looking at the physical environment you're in and asking yourself, how can I set myself up for success here? So first of all, looking at everything around me and literally looking at the language, the colors, how it makes me feel, what music do I have on playing, when I'm on Instagram, what's on my feed. Those are all in your environment. But also around you, I think about books on my shelf, any artwork, photos we have. What are all of these messages sending me? And just evaluating that for a second. And how can I focus on adding things into my environment that will send signals I do want. So a really simple way to apply this is with post-it notes, get some post-it notes and you can write affirmations, reminders, joyful notes, and just stick them up everywhere. So it's just in your environment. And first of all, I probably look at it and it'll make you feel good. But even if you're not consciously focusing on it, having that energy in your environment is really powerful. I have a lot of little stones that say words like strength and courage and peace and love. I love having those around me. I like to put cards from from people who are close to me, birthday cards, congratulations cards, cards that are really heartfelt, that have loving energy, loving words, like to put those around me in my environment. So those are just a few examples, but I would invite you to, I mean, you can even just play with this and put post-its in places where you might not even see it. Or you wouldn't expect yourself to see it like on the side of your refrigerator instead of the front. And notice how your energy shifts. Just play with it. And this is a way that we pick up energy really often. So I think social media is a good example of this, how it can be very overwhelming on there, even when people are like, oh, well, I don't follow anybody that doesn't make me feel good, right? That's super important as unfollowing any accounts that don't make you feel good. But then beyond that, maybe you like the account, but are the comments making you feel really bad and you're you feel like you're just scrolling and you're not paying attention to it because you might not be paying attention to it but is your body picking up on the energy there that's something that can really affect people energetically and they might feel like I don't know why I feel so low or feel so down i noticed this a lot when i was traveling recently and going through the airports and i'm typically very much like in my own environment 
I am not actively around a lot of the messaging around the virus and everything. I'm just not really around that. I don't see it very, very much. But when people are around that all the time, they're going to feel afraid really often. It is a way to keep people in fear, right? Keep putting things in their environment, whether or not they're consciously focusing on it, that have messaging that keeps them in fear. But I could just feel, you know, walking through areas, even some areas where there was literally nobody around me. And I was seeing all these posters and things playing on screens. That was all about the V and you feel the energy from that. My brain is still picking it up and my body is feeling that energy as well. As you know, I am very picky about what I put in and on my body. And one of the most important products for me to switch over ASAP when I was switching to non-toxic products was my deodorant. And I know how hard it is to find a safe deodorant that really works. I have tried them all. This is why I love Native and why I'm so happy that Native is today's podcast sponsor. I just got back from my trip to Tulum. It was really hot there in the hundreds. And before that, I was in Sedona. It was really hot there too. And my Native deodorant held up all day long. I have been using Native for a few years now and it is my absolute favorite. It always stands up to the SoCal heat. I put it on in the morning and it lasts all day long. It doesn't give me any irritation. There aren't any weird stains on my clothes like I've had with other deodorants. And the scents are not overpowering. They're just the perfect potency to keep me fresh, but nothing too much. Native is filled with ingredients found in nature like coconut oil for its antimicrobial properties, shea butter for moisturizing, and tapioca starch to absorb any wetness. And it's made without aluminum, parabens, and talc, which can clog your sweat glands and keep you from sweating. It comes in a wide variety of scents for both men and women, and they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also have an unscented formula. If you don't want to scent and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities, that is the one that I use. I have been using the coconut and vanilla scent recently. I also really, really like the cucumber and mint, especially for summer. And I am really excited about their new plastic-free deodorant scents. So they offer a plastic-free deodorant. It's made from 100% paperboard and 0% plastic, shipped in a plastic-free bag made from 100% recycled paper. And this is available in five different scents, coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, charcoal and citrus and herbal musk. I am really excited about that plastic-free packaging and they're coming out with some amazing new products as well. So I have been using their new body wash, which is amazing. And they've also come out with some other new products for summer, like their face and body sunscreen and their toothpaste. There are so many amazing products to try out. I always love trying different scents from them. I do want to get my hands on the rose scent before it goes away in August. So check that out. There's no risk to try. Native offers free shipping and 30-day returns and exchanges in the US. So definitely try it out. And if you want to stay fresh and stay clean with Native, go to nativedo.com slash Christina or use my promo code Christina at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Again, that's nativedo.com, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O.com slash Christina or use my promo code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A to get 20% off your first order at checkout. Let me talk a little bit more about when we shift beliefs, what does that look like? So without going too far into all the neuroscience, 
basically, we can shift a belief, first of all, by bringing awareness to, to it. What is the belief that we have? What do we want to shift it to in general? And what we want to do is connect emotion, feeling in the body with the new belief and make sure we have a lot of repetition. And you know, if you're really rewiring, you want to be doing this in a theta state, that is very simplified. But think about how we learn things when we're young, when we have a lot of repetition. Let's say somebody told me a million times that the sky was green. And so I learned that what I think of blue now is green. And that was my truth. And I kept, it it was repeated again and again. I'm going to start to learn that. What about when we have experiences that don't make us comfortable in our bodies? We remember those very clearly as a survival mechanism. Oh, I got in trouble for that. Oh, that wasn't safe. That was dangerous. I immediately went to the fear response when this happened. And so my brain has started to connect that experience, that feeling in my body. And then what are the beliefs tied in with that? This is all conditioning and there are different ways to condition. That can be with emotions that feel good. That can be with emotions that don't feel good. But this is how propaganda in the media works. If you keep putting people over and over again in a fear response and keep telling them the same messages again and again, repeat, inundate, it's all in your environment. You're walking around. Everybody's in a mask. You're seeing posters here. Here's a hand sanitizer. And then for how long does this go on until it's, it's, what people are more comfortable with. It's interesting. I've been talking to a number of people who are saying it freaked me out because I watched a movie and my first thought was, well, that's weird. They're not wearing masks. But I'll bring this back to this really interesting, this really interesting point that when I was channeling, you know, the guide said, think about the values that are instilled in you from a young age, loyalty to your country versus loyalty to your own health. And is there a belief that it has to be one or the other, right? There's so much deep conditioning we have that is rooted in lack mindset, scarcity, if there's not enough for everyone, that this person has to lose out in order for me to win, that if that person gets the job, then I can't get a job. You know, that's that's all very limited. It's helpful to just evaluate where am I in a belief that I always have to choose? But this is a really interesting place where I feel like a lot of people get disempowered because there's deep programming that we have to put other people before us. And I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I think it's interesting to evaluate that. I know for me personally, in a number of ways, I, for so long, was very much taught I had to put myself last. And it made me really sick. It made me really depressed. It made me really unhappy and has taken me a while to to shift that and realize that I actually can't even serve other people unless I am fully taking care of myself. And for me, it it was not until like my life was literally on the line where I had to be like, what am I doing? I have to put myself before anyone else, honestly, otherwise I'm not going to exist here. And such was the, the catalyst of my <laughs> spiritual awakening. But we see this playing out in so many places. I think a really common place is with family. And I see so often people giving, giving, giving and feeling like they're not receiving or staying in really unhealthy relationships because it's family. And family, 
you know, might even say, well, we're your family. And personally, I don't believe that being family gives anybody an excuse to abuse you in any way. There are so many people that are in very toxic relationships that think it's okay because that's just, well, they're family. And this is something to explore with your mental health professional, I would say, because I'm not one. But the point is that this whole time period is really bringing up a lot for people around what are your beliefs and it is waking people up to where they have been programmed. When I started brain rewiring, it definitely hit my ego and I had to set that down for a sec and be like, I'm okay with being wrong or holy shit. I can't believe I was playing this game for so long, but I was so grateful I found out. And that was just showing up in different areas of my life. But I realized that there are so many places where I was actually kind of living my life in like zombie mode in the sense of being quote unquote given choices that I didn't actually have or just going along with things instead of actually empowering myself and saying, no, I get to make a decision here. Because I was just running in the programs, I was not making conscious choices. I was just going along with it. And this also comes back to all of the things that people are told are crazy. You label something a conspiracy theory or crazy. That's a great way to get people to run away from it. But this is all programming. This is all conditioning. Even in a lot of like fantasy films, why are certain things made out to be fantasy? Because what is that telling you? That's telling you that things that are in those types of movies or books, well, that's outside of the realm of what's real. So it's already inferred that it, this is not real. So then you're taking on the program in that this cannot be real. So do you see how that's such a powerful thing? We're literally from, from youth, you're being told what is real and what isn't before having actually experienced things for yourself or with a lot of the violence in in films and that desensitization. I mean, when you desensitize people, what does that what does that allow people to get away with, unfortunately? Or music. I I'm so much more conscious of the music I listen to now. It was actually kind of hard for me because I realized a lot of the the music that I really I really used to like. Now it's so hard for, I'm like, I can't even listen to this because I wasn't even listening to the words before. I mean, what are people singing, chanting without even being aware of what they're saying? There is a lot of disempowering language in in music and not all music, obviously, but it's just tuning into the vibration and being more aware of that. And especially when you're very open intuitively and you can feel in your body the energy transfer. I feel like, I mean, I think back to when I was in like a really deep depression in in high school and I would listen to all of this really emotional music. And I'm like, how much of that just perpetuated my cycle? Because I thought it was helping me, made me feel better because, you know, misery loves company. (laughs) At the same time, I was feeding off that energy. And then suddenly I was seeing the world in this super dramatic way. And then more of that kept coming to me. So thinking about what we have learned 
to value. What have we learned is entertainment. What have we learned is funny versus what is not. And this can be really hard for people to look at because sometimes you don't even know, is this how I actually feel or how I have been told to feel? And we live in a world where a lot of people like to tell people how to feel, right? And so one of the most helpful things that that you can do, and for me, I always come back to this, is just being in my own energy, in my own center, like going away. You know, I like to be by myself and that gives me space to tune into what do I actually feel? And even with my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts, always tracing it back to the origin. Did that really come from me or did that come from outside of me? You know, I was also tuning into a lot of health-related information. Um, And something that kept coming up is, and this was related to the programming conditioning, which is why I wanted to bring up here, was was the the downplay of the placebo effect. They kept saying how, you know, it's funny. I think about this and I'm like, why, why did it take me so long to really like think about this more deeply? But if you think about the placebo effect and how when people are evaluating if pills, for example, medications, let's say, are effective, And the way they break the study down, you know, this was placebo, so it didn't work. That was just placebo versus the drug actually working. I mean, I think about, I'm like, years of just going along with that before actually thinking about that and being like, well, wait, if it's placebo effect, isn't it still working? (laughs) Like, like literally the conditioning underneath that of, of, if it's in your brain, it's not real. But if you're experiencing benefits, to me, does it matter where the benefit came from? It's like phantom limb syndrome. If somebody, let's say somebody doesn't have a certain limb, they lost it for any reason, and they're experiencing pain, right? They're, they're, they're experiencing pain there. And people say that's not real. Well, they're having that experience. So for, to me, it's real. Or I think a good one was I don't even I don't even know where this came from. I used to have really bad foot cramps and this was before I knew anything about <laughs> about anything. <laughs> in in high school my mom would say, "Oh, you just need to put some soap in your bed by your feet." And actually I wonder if there's any scientific basis to this. I don't think there is, but and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so I just tried it because I literally couldn't sleep every night while I tried to sleep. I would have awful foot cramps. I just put soap at the bottom of my bed, like a bar of soap and it went away. And I mean, did it work? Yeah. Was it because my brain thought, oh, if I put this bar of soap here, I am going to get better. I mean, maybe, but do I really give a shit if it was the actual soap or my brain? I don't really give a shit because it worked, (laughs) you know? And when that, when that worked for me, I wasn't like, oh my God, is this so magical? I need to understand why. I just thought, hey, it works. Here we go. We're fine. So that's kind of a silly example, but the messages underneath, like how the placebo effect, then that isn't real. We need to understand the implications of that because that is a way that so many people have been blocked out of healing. If everybody in the world actually was aware of the power of their mind and how 
we can heal with the power of the brain. If you haven't seen the movie Heal, that's such a great documentary. I think I don't know if it's still out on Netflix or Amazon, but check those places. I think it, it was definitely there for a bit. But if people knew that they could heal with the power of the brain, I mean, imagine how how different our society would be. So many people are sick because they're in a state of hypnosis. So many people are sick because they are disempowered. It's about using what we have in our bodies, right? Using our brain, visualizations, meditation. There are so many simple techniques that anybody could do. You don't need any tools other than your body that you have if you're listening to this. But if everybody knew that they could visualize, meditate, rewire their brains and and put their bodies back into balance, well, there would be a lot of people that would lose a lot of money, right? <laughs> be a lot of a lot of people who would lose money. So we have to start thinking about where do people benefit from keeping others in fear, keeping others sick? And remember, there are so many people in this world who have amazing, beautiful, loving intentions, but it's also to wake up to the fact that there are many things that have been set up in society that are disempowering many different people in different ways. And this is just one example, but I feel like I feel like in the last year and a half, the level of programming has is so obvious. Whereas I think before when I started doing a lot of brain rewiring work and looking at all these different beliefs I had in different areas of my life and society, it was a little bit more difficult for me to even spot where the messaging was. And it would be little comments made in, in movies, little comments made by teachers the way things were phrased in history books or science books, how things are phrased as objective fact, when are they really? Or even who we're just taught to inherently trust. These are the people and resources to trust. Don't question it. Well, whoever decided that is arbitrary, right? If you're going to tell me that I have to trust my sixth grade science book, but what if my sixth grade science book was written by someone who's really corrupt? Well, now you're telling me I have to inherently trust someone who perhaps I shouldn't. These are all of the tricky ways. I'm not saying you can't trust your sixth grade science book. I don't even know what's in there. <laughs> I'm just giving that example. It's really to question all of the things that are so obvious, but what are all of the things that are institutionalized? I mean, I'm excited because I'm, I'm going to have my friend on who has opened my eyes to a lot of the programming conditioning within buildings themselves and how they're set up and the standardization of buildings and the symbolism and like the the height of doorways and what all of that means and tells our brains about how much we can expand and uh, what we can hold more space for or less space for. I thought looking into the the conditioning around buildings was so interesting, but I always think, you know, what am I told is normal? What am I told I should automatically trust? And can I just take a step back and ask, okay, what do I think about this? But anyway, what I was saying, <laughs> got off track for a sec. I feel like peeling apart, where did I learn this? Or how did I start to believe that? It was so, it was so difficult. And sometimes, you know, it's a process. It's a process. But when I look at the world now, and I just look at all of the messaging and things that are in mainstream media, I'm like, this isn't even subtle. This, this isn't even subtle. And so there's so much that we pick up on in our environments very subtly, subliminally. Again, it's like noticing the words around you, noticing the, the music playing, what are the, the commercials playing, 
I mean, that's a great example. Actually, television and film, there's so much. This this blew my mind when I, because I studied film in college too. And I took a, I took a class on all of the like messaging essentially in the background of the film. So we have, how do I describe this? So when you're looking at the scene, right, you might be looking at the two main characters talking. But all of the things in the background and how much money people pay to have their products advertised where, you know, somebody opens the fridge and what's the product inside and you see brand brand label skippies, whatever. I'm just giving a silly example, but you get the point. But there's so much in the background used to make people feel certain ways, expect certain things. And they do that in paintings as well. But I think it's really interesting in film because most people don't pick up on it. And I remember when I took this class, I forget what it was called, but I just felt so (laughs) taken advantage of, (laughs) like just learning about all of these very subtle things on their clothing in the background that I never would have picked up on before. And it made me feel really icky. It made me feel really icky about it. But awareness is so powerful. And why I think this is so important is because it truly pains me to know that so many people are so afraid and so unhappy and that is no way to live. I mean, quite literally, if you're always in a chronic state of stress, it's going to really take a toll on your body and stress is really the root cause of pretty much every major chronic illness. Some form of stress on the body lowers our immune system, but also emotionally, that pains me, right? That so many people are so in such fear And I really think that becoming aware of what we're conditioned to feel is very empowering because then we can choose a new program. We can choose new beliefs. We can reframe things. Perhaps maybe it's, it feels like the same belief, but you reframe it in a way where you're not afraid anymore. And I think one of the most important skills to develop as a human in this experience Personally, my this is my opinion, is how to spot bullshit. And when people are actively trying to condition you, right? Because there are gonna be all types of things in your environment that quote unquote condition you, program you that aren't even intentionally trying to, if that makes sense, right? You might have a friend who keeps telling you something again and again, and she's not trying to make you believe this, but you've heard it so many times from her that then you start to think like her. That's why it's so important to watch who you're around because you will start to think like the people you're around. So that might not be intentional, but you know, if you have the awareness, you can say, okay, wait, this is her, this is her belief. This is her fear. This is her doubt, her worry. And I actually don't have to take that on as my own. So now suddenly you don't have to internalize that stress. Whereas before, without that awareness, perhaps you would just take that on as your own and then be in this chronically stressed state, which is not very fun. But then on the other side of things, What about when you can spot very easily when somebody is hardcore trying to force you to believe something? Well, what is the agenda here? Why why do you want me to do that? I think this is being a responsible consumer of information, of products. It's just being aware and remembering that we can decide for ourselves. And if we're not feeling empowered, if we are feeling like we're caught in a fear state, okay, well, Let me start to evaluate some of the beliefs that I might have taken on that are causing this and what is actually true for me and what is not. What have I just taken on without being aware of it? And what are all of the tools that are very empowering that we have 
been taught to veer away from? Why are people conditioning me to think that things are crazy or not real? And back to the placebo effect. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what would people do if everybody realized the power of their mind and how like the most valuable tool of all is within you, not outside of you? So these are things to start thinking about. Thinking about different messages or media that evokes an emotional response in you. What is that training your body and your brain to connect? What beliefs are being passed on as automatic truths for you? Um, and again, this, this actually isn't about people around you. It's about us as consumers and starting to take control of what we're consuming and how we're responding to it and where we are automatically going into a fear state over things that if we just took a moment to ask, does this even make sense? Does this belief align with me? Does it resonate with me? Maybe we wouldn't even need to go into that fear state. It's really hard for us to make clear decisions when we are in a frantic fear state. The brain literally doesn't work the same way. And especially right now, it's so important that people are able to think clearly. But if we look at the effects that fear has on the brain and the way we process information, we can see that it can be very difficult uh, to, to make decisions that are in alignment for us fully when we're in fear versus if we were in a more clear-headed, calmer state. But I would invite you to think about what messages are just being sent in your environment, you know, and you can start to play with some of these. So I've started to really pay attention to the words, even on brands around me, you know, what words are in my environment with music, things playing in the background. I don't just put random things on in the background anymore. I used to always just have music playing. And if I have music playing, I typically... I typically make sure it's something that's uplifting and often without words. And I'm not saying you have to do any of that. I'm just sharing some examples that I use in my own life. I think post-its are really helpful and simple and uplifting. Think about what messages are on, on your clothes, through your clothes, even things on food products you have. I mean, there are, there's a lot of language on food products. If you, if you learn about the psychology of marketing with packaging, there is a reason for everything. I mean, different colors mean different things with branding. If you look at the energies of different colors and, and what does it tell the consumer, it's priming us, it's creating an experience and that can be used for, for your benefit, right? I think about when I walk into a spa and the aesthetic just immediately makes me calm and relax. And I have this beautiful experience and I'm totally taken out of my everyday life. And I'm in this Zen me mode. I'm very grateful for that. But then I also want to be aware of when some of that subliminal messaging is having an effect on the way I think or how I feel that perhaps I, I don't want. Awareness is everything. And that is really my main call to action for you after this episode is just to start to become aware of what's in your environment. I mean, even on the simplest level of when there is clutter in your physical environment, how that affects your brain space, your stress levels, your to-do list when you have 50 things on there, that's going to feel different to you than if you had 50 things on a different sheet and then your main to-do list for the day just had three. Our brain is picking up on all of this. So I, I just wanted to bring this up because I think it's helpful to have this type of conversation in a context that doesn't feel as intimidating. And yeah, I just think it's such, it's such an important thing for people to be aware of. And I think I often overlook 
I overlook how many people aren't aware of it. And I've, I've had a conversation about this with a few people in my life recently, and they were just mind blown. And they said it was so helpful. So I wanted to have it on, on this podcast. And again, with this type of conversation, people can like, it can make them go into more fear or paranoia. And that's, that's not the purpose. It's again, about being a responsible consumer. I always think, you know, what are my intentions? The, the, going back to the power of my intention, awareness is everything. So I can receive information and I don't have to take it on as my own. I can just say, oh, this aligns with me or, oh, it doesn't. Why am I feeling this way? Where did this come from? Does it make any logical sense? Is it even mine or is it someone else's? These things that I've taken on as automatic truths that I feel like are are chains on me. Well, why have I taken them on? Are they actually true? What tools are available to me that will allow me to make a quantum leap that perhaps I've been told I'm not allowed to look at? That's all, that's all very interesting to consider. One I keep thinking about is work and just the name work and how, because we call it work, it makes so many of us feel like it has to be work. And so we could shift our relationship with the word work and just say, well, that doesn't mean it has to feel hard. Work can be fun and we can change our relationship to that thing or maybe use a different word in itself. I know a lot of people say J-O-B, joy of being, life purpose, life mission. I have been every day practicing just waking up and saying, instead of being like thinking in my head, because it's all just automatic thinking in my head, oh, what, what do I have to do for work today? Or what do I get to do for work today? Rather, instead, I have been just taking a second to say, okay, how am I fulfilling my mission today? And that feels so much more expansive for me. So these are just small things to start to think about, but they can make a huge, huge difference. And you might notice a huge difference if you stop playing background music, stop playing TV in the background, stop falling asleep to TV, stop randomly scrolling, like just being a lot more aware of what what is in your environment, because then you are better able to manage what you are picking up consciously, but also subconsciously. So I hope this conversation was insightful and I would love to hear how this lands. And if this helps you leave a comment on a recent Instagram post, let me know what you thought or post in the private forum. If you're not already a member, head to christinathechannel.com slash membership and you can sign up for the free private forum there. It's a great place to connect with other people in community. And as always, if you enjoyed this, take a screenshot, share it to social media and tag me so I can say thank you for sharing. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review if you do enjoy the show. It really helps to spread the word about the podcast and helps other people find our community. That is going to be it for today's episode. I am sending you so much love. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.